Welcome to Exante TV. This is Samantha Morris, Fempire Coach, specializes in working with the female entrepreneurs to grow successful business. She's an experienced business owner with a demonstrated history of working in the management consulting industry. Skilled in negotiation, internal audit, social social media marketing, team uh, building. Samantha is also a strong information technology professional with a bachelor degree focus on management, information system and services from the Swinburne University of Technology. She's based in Melbourne, Victoria. And now I would like you to help me to welcome Miss Samantha Morris. Okay, Samantha. So welcome to our Exante TV. Thank you for joining us today. Would you like to say something? Let us know something about you to start with. Yes, yeah, so thank you for chatting with me today, Priya. It's, I'm really happy to be here. I am um, I'm a bit of, I, I'm a business coach. Yeah. But I find it interesting in, actually, in saying that, that that's how I announce who I am because it's not really who I am, it's what I do. Yeah. Um, I have five children, I have a husband, I have dogs, I'm just the ordinary person that lives next door, but I'm trying to do something a little bit more extraordinary than, than that. Yeah, for sure. And a common man can do a miracle. Um, yes, they can. With a lot of ambitions, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> and I always find you very fascinating. You're a very curious person, I believe. Um, I am very curious, yes. You always like to learn something new and find out something new in the world. Yeah, I do. Most yeah. definitely. Yes. In our couple of conversation, I noticed you are always very curious and ask questions, which is, I think, makes you more successful where you are today, because I think your curiosity makes you learn and you want to grow in that, in your area of expertise, isn't it? And as also as a human. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, even though I, I specialize in helping people to develop businesses, that's only my curiosity developing down that path. It could, it could have developed in many different ways, but um, I think that my training and my childhood brought me down this way. But I'm curious about people and I'm curious about who they are and what they want to do with themselves and what they want to leave behind. Sure, sure. And I think curiosity is something actually um, people say, if you want to learn, you have to be curious like baby. Yes. Yes, yes most definitely. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know you work in the woman, uh, mainly with helping with the woman businesses and entrepreneurship in the more feminine side or how, how do you define your um, whole business model? Yeah, so I do work exclusively with women and that has been quite a bit of a change because my work history and even my upbringing was very male dominated and I, and I mean that in a really good way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah, I, I had a wonderful time with my father and my brothers growing up and, um, and then I was in the military, which is obviously quite a, a male dominated field to work in. But I've just reached that point where, as a mother who has four daughters, um, I, I want to 
try and develop in them and represent for other women the possibility that we don't have to compete with who we are to be successful. Yeah. We can actually embrace everything that there is about being a woman and turn that into something really, really wonderful. Yeah, and I, I believe that it's not about you being female or male. It's mm. about being what what you do and how you do. Yes, yes, that is very true. It's not about, you know, but pulling down the male hierarchy because it's no good or anything like that. It's about, okay, let's step up and let's work in partnership because we bring certain things to the table and, and so do men and we're all human beings at the end yeah. of the day. So yeah. let's bring all the qualities that we have as humans and, and put them together and see how we can work and be better at things. Yeah, and how we can actually define this whole entire world in a different ways. Yes. Um, by combining our equal ability and effort, you know. Yes, yes. I mean, we all know uh, women are extremely intelligent creatures, but we have this wonderful ability to calm things and to nurture things, to bring people together. And I think the time is really coming a lot faster, you know, as yeah. time goes on. I feel like we're accelerating towards the point where the time for the aggressive tactics that men are known for, um, they really need to be tempered down because as we go on and as we develop as, as a society, we've just got so much potential to cause horrific damage to civilization. So let's not do that. Let's work and make it better rather than destroying ourselves. Yeah, and togetherness, uh, only it will be possible if we will put the equal effort, you know. Yes, yeah. yes. And, yeah, obviously the dominance is there because they have been there, yes. but it's um, high time to have that equal rights, you know. Yes, yeah. And if you look back at, at in history, many hundreds and hundreds of years ago, there was a need for men to be physically dominant to protect us. That's, I don't have issue with that at all, but we're not facing those kinds of issues anymore. No. So now we can, as women, we can safely step up and be equal counterparts. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to be honest, the whole planetary system is evolved and so the planet Earth and so the human race. So it's time to change, for sure. Most definitely, yes. So you describe your role as helping women to start your grow business. The dream of owning, do you see your role essential as a business or a service to womanhood? How do you define your role in that? Well, I don't, it, it, it isn't just about business because in the work that I do with um, my clients, it's more about centering who you are as a person yes. and how you want to express it. And I happen to work with people that want to express, them through, express themselves through having their own business. For sure. For sure. And sometimes, sometimes some, it doesn't matter what species you are, you just need to be very certain. You need that help, that kind of, a, you know, nurturing support. Um, yeah. Just assurance that someone is there. Yes, absolutely. Um, it goes back to the old um, adage of, it takes a community of people to achieve great things. Sure. And I believe that is very, very true. I don't think anybody does anything truly life-changing in isolation. It yeah. takes 
a, a group of people. It takes a group of people to create a business and support someone. Someone has the idea, but it takes more than just that one person to implement. It does take a crowd. And we're seeing that um, come out now through social media because, you know, one person with one follower on social media doesn't have the impact that someone with a very, very large community. Yeah. And I think collaboration is coming to the true, def- true definition now, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, most definitely. So, um, we need to really foster that that community and women are just very, very good at that. Yes, for sure. And um, has this lockdown and work from home led to a change of mindset of women entrepreneurship? Has this led to any unsurge of women in business to you? I think it's been, I, I honestly think it's, I've got two minds about this because one is that it's highlighted to women, uh, well, just to people in general, actually, that employment isn't necessarily stable when you're working for someone else. Yeah. Everyone had this perception that having your own business was very, very high risk. But now we're realising that we don't have as much control being employed by somebody as what we think we do. Yeah. And being in lockdown has also... I feel like it's taken us back quite a way where women have had to, not had to, but we've been pushed back into that um, role of caring for family. And the time it's taking us to do that is robbing us of the time that we were spending working and developing ourselves and creating businesses. Yeah. So it does affect a lot, you know, the way, like... Yeah, it, it did It did affect it and it is going to affect, you know, eventually if these things will not change sooner, especially for the woman entrepreneur we are concerned with, you know. Um, yeah. I do think that it's been a really, really good opportunity for those that have taken up the conversation around the distribution of work and care that we take in our homes and of our, of our extended families. Yeah. So it's been a really good time to address who's actually going to do what. Yeah. Um, I still feel like too much is falling onto women, but it demonstrates our great capacity for what we can achieve, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, we always been saying, oh, we can do better multitasking, mm. but I feel, feel like is it escape for the other party um, that, okay, you can do it. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I, um, I, I heard of a very interesting study that was done in Europe where they increased maternity leave for men and enabled them to stay home with, with babies when they were born so that women could return to their careers. And, um, and it didn't last very long because what they found was that many of the men that were staying home, being the primary carer, didn't cope very well with that situation. We're actually saying, no, you have to now stay at home. I can't do this. I need to go back to work. And so the policy was was scrapped, which I found really, really interesting. Yeah, it would have been a good prototyping to see how it works. Mm. So uh, when is this, like one of the um, perennial question asked to successful women entrepreneurs is how the, they balance their life and career, you know? It's, it's a question that, look, I get asked that quite a bit when I meet new people because the first thing I say is you have five children and two businesses and studying, like how do you manage to do it all? And it, it's kind of, I feel like it's a cop-out to say, well, you just get on with it. But we do. We, we work out what we, 
what time we've got, what time we need to allocate to things. And it's like, okay, how much can I fit in? How much can I take on? We just seem to manage to get that done. The balance isn't always right. And as much as I try to, um, for example, with my work, as much as I try to schedule and make sure that I'm being fair to my business and being fair to my children and my husband, there is still always someone that feels like they're missing out. So I don't know that we get it right, but it's an interesting question that is always posed to women, but it's not posed to men very often. Yeah. How, How are you juggling your kids and your and your career it's like Charlene in the Facebook CEO lady she said like when women are actually dominant people say you are bossy and when yeah. men is there you have a leadership quality so yeah. it's it, it's a bit of we need to shift our question you know to be honest but in terms of I think life and career like work-life balance I believe work-life balance is based on where you feel happy mm. right that's what work-life balance for me. Not like you have to enjoy a holiday. If you're not enjoying the holiday, it's not a work-life balance for you, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. need to enjoy what you are doing, I believe. And do you think there is a surge uh, and a need of a proper time management education? Okay, I know there are thousands of books are there. There are many leaders talking about time management, but I have this understanding that there are a lot of people do not understand the time management or if they understand it they don't implement it and I think it's a more missing part of the implementation what's you say yeah Yeah. everybody understands the concept of time management and like I say you know I organize my day as much as I can but the thing is that people aren't implementing in the sense that when there's something more important to come on, we're too, we're too willing to drop what we're doing and run and take care of something else. And then so as much as you schedule everything, it all gets thrown out the window as yeah. soon as there's a crisis pop up. And, you know, that happens more often than not when you do have a family because there is the, the constant stream of little things that, that do happen. But I like what you say about work-life balance being about finding your happiness. And for some people, that happiness really is found in their work. And it's more about the other people that are unhappy that they're not with you rather than your own happiness. Yeah. So I think we're transferring that sense of happiness onto other people as opposed to keeping it for ourselves. Yeah, it's uh, like, you know, there are 40% contribution of your happiness and unhappiness and it is always an external factor, whether it is a people or a person or a place or something is always an external factor involved. Do you think so? It's, would you agree on that? Yeah, we have, I think until we take real responsibility for our own happiness, we're never going to get that balance right and we're never going to get our productivity right and we're just not going to get things right. We have to take ownership of what makes us happy and then we have to, I believe, share that with the people that are around us so that they understand that we're not robbing them of something, we're actually giving. Yeah. We have to, we have to flip that over. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And leaving aside business, women have not always fared well in policies. Like America has not had a woman president. Australia has seen only one woman prime minister and so is the United Kingdom. Is there any prejudice against women in political leadership? Do you have, 
you want to say something? <laughs> well, look, politics is a bit of a minefield, but th- th- this is my perspective of politics. It, it seems to be very, very filled with um, old school thinking, old school Western thinking that, you know, men are the only ones that do it. And we see a lot of extremely poor behaviour inside cabinet and inside the parliament house and things like that. And and it's really disappointing that in leaders of countries have to resort to base level criticisms and comments to reduce other people in order to assert themselves. I really think that if more women flooded the parliamentary gates and the political gates and we were really standing up there, we'd have more chance of being in leadership roles. Yeah. The problem is that we don't want to get into and we don't want to stoop down to the level of the dirty tricks and, and everything that goes on. So it's it's a difficult situation because we need to get in there and clean it up and, and really elevate um, the way people behave in politics. But yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, you've got to have people that are willing to subject themselves to it. Yeah. And for, for that sense, like it's, it's the same problem in the, in like in the corporate culture as well. Yes. There are not many people are reaching up to the high level position because there is a still huge dominance by the male society when it comes to the leadership. Yes. Yeah. And the whole structure behind political systems is, centered towards male leadership yeah and I was watching one documentary and it says that you know it's it's hard because people who are actually taking gap in between in the career they actually left behind by the time their male uh, partners or male um, colleagues are actually going up and up women are actually looking after the family or slowing down because they want to have the family so if you want to have the family and you want to have the career pathway as well it becomes a little bit challenging in all the way it yeah? does absolutely and that's where i need to we need to rethink how we're still providing that pathway for women that are at home with their children. Like, because at the moment we totally isolate them and exclude them from their career. Yeah. And so we need to figure out how that they can still be a participant in those things while doing what they want to do because, you know, they do want to stay at home with their children and, and raise them up to yeah. whatever point they Not do. Not about yeah. And, and that is such a wonderful thing that they do. But it does come at the detriment of other things that they want to achieve in their life. Yeah. And I think returning back pathway should also be eased. Uh, I think it's still the system is not doing enough to actually bring the proper workforce. Mm -hmm. And actually as a country also, it is a shame that we are losing a big skill set and the, and the overall, the partnership from the women or the female people who can actually contribute overall the economy of the country and, and the state and so forth and so on. Yes. I, um, I wonder what would happen if it was enforced, you know, in some sort of utopia where it was enforced that there was no, because it's often perceived that, you know, the male is the breadwinner. They bring home more money and, and the gender pay gap is another conversation altogether. But, that, you know, that's another reason why 
the women stay at home because someone needs to stay at home and look after the children. So the male goes to work because they earn more money. So I wonder what would happen if, you know, the government subsidised the woman's wage and then they could say, no, the husband could stay home, we'll subsidise the woman so she can return to work and there still be a parent looking after and raising children. Yeah, for sure. There has to be done. There are a lot to be done in that space for sure. Yeah. And we are not doing enough and we are not, sometimes I feel like um, people who are fighting for that, we, we they need to redefine their purpose and, and the message as well so that we can actually fight for the right thing, what we want to do and achieve eventually, you know. Um, yeah. It's one of the things we, like people who want to fight for this situation and the fight for the current situation they are not agreeing on, they should actually also go and clear up their message. Just like us, like in business, we have to clarify our message, right? The message is not clear enough, then, and it's not properly defined. It's very hard to find a lead, right? Mm. So uh, it's, it's the same thing. But what is the big challenge you face in handholding women entrepreneurs as a coach or a mentor? Um, like the psychology or society attitude of women? Yes, I think unfortunately, as much as we crave community and nurturing and support, as women, we do also a, a really awful job when we tear each other down. And I know that I, I do, there are some women that perceive the intro, the industry that they're working in as one that is very cutthroat. And it's a female, female dominated industry, but it's very, you know, their, their methodologies and their work practices are all very sheltered. And, you know, you're looked upon if you're doing well in your industry, um, they don't like the competition. So I think that that is a problem that we are too scared even from each other to step up and do well and yep. that's why it's really important that we start to understand that success can be achievable for everybody it's not just for a select few and success has to be defined by the individual too but there is room for everybody and we don't have to pull other people down in order to stand on their shoulders yeah, for sure. And that's that's not a right competitive game in that sense, you know. Mm. So, and I, unfortunately, this has been happening historically that, you know, the big fish eat the small fish, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there are always uh, some people around in every society. They try to find out the shortcut, no matter what it costs to. Yeah, yeah. Because there's too much focus on... Um, amassing wealth and having things yeah. as opposed to a focus being on self-fulfillment and yeah. a focus on being what you can contribute to society yeah. and, and legacy. I think we've really lost a focus on legacy. What are we leaving behind? For sure. Do you think there is a need of actually creating a kind of a course um, which actually help people to come out of that kind of insecurity um, and creating the mindset of having a fair game, you know, and having a fair competition. Yes, I, I really like that idea. And I, I was actually doing a, a visualisation exercise, you know, and I do these periodically. But one of the things that I felt was really important was implementing at the 
you know, primary and secondary stage of education because somewhere in those years when we, you know, start growing out of being a child, we really lose that sense of imagination and that sense of enthusiasm that we have for ideas. Yeah. And that unbridled sense of running at something because you think you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we need to stop pushing that out of people and really fostering it and looking after it and teaching people how they can use that to do big things. And I think it's a natural natural thing. It will happen. It just need to create that mindset and leaving the insecurity out of it. I have noticed in my corporate time, there were a lot of um, conflict was happening just because of the insecurity. It was action or a reflection of that insecurity, not actual mm. problem, you know. Mm. So yes. a couple of co- um, conflict is created due to those reasons. I think we can, you know, I do you think it's, it's a responsibility of a mentor or a coach to work around that kind of a thing when they are dealing with, you know, conflict management um, chapters kind of thing. It's a part of management chapter, isn't it? Yeah, and I, just, I certainly think that there's a place for someone to help navigate those things and to help address them. And this is where I really love Brene Brown's work in fostering fostering a culture where we're able to be vulnerable because it's disappointing when you think about how many potential life-changing ideas are left inside somebody's head because they're too scared to speak up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to change. We need to encourage people to voice things and feel safe doing it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It is very fascinating talking to you, Samantha, all the time. Every time I I talk to you, I can keep going hours with you. (laughs) Um, Very short time when I know you, I like, it is always a very interesting uh, topics you always bring in. I would like you to say if a last word you want to suggest something to the audience, the woman entrepreneur, one suggestion, what would you like to say? One suggestion I would have is to anything you want to do, you need to recognize if you're too afraid to do it and then find somebody who's going to help you navigate that fear so you can actually do what you want to do. There is a need of mentor there. Yes. (laughs) So if our audience wants to find you, how they can find you? So I'm on all the social media platforms. For sure. (laughs) But I also have a website which people can have a look at some of my work there and that's samanthamorris.fempirecoach.com.au. Great. And all the details will be given below the comment and all her social media details will be also provided. So please touch base with her. She has a lot to offer and it's really fascinating to work with her. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much, Priya. Thank you.